welcome back to another episode of the South of Gaza podcast. This is the last episode of 2020. It is part three of the Baby It's Cold Outside, a little mini-series that we started a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's on the Book of Ruth. I'm excited. Let's go ahead and jump right into it with a prayer. Obviously, we got to start it off with the word or with asking God, putting our petition before the Lord. Heavenly Father God, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity pray that you will bless this time. I pray all these things in your son Jesus name. Amen. Now, so Ruth chapter one and two, quick recap. Uh, Ruth and Naomi, Ruth, so, ra- so rather, Naomi and her husband Elimelech leave Bethlehem to go to Moab because there's a famine. Elimelech dies. I'm sorry. And they also brought their two sons. <laughs> Was it? I don't, I don't remember their names or how to pronounce them, but they had their two sons. Uh, and Elimelech dies. Naomi's two sons marry Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. Then they die after some time. So it's just the three women, just Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah. Naomi's like, uh, I'm gonna head back to Bethlehem, but y'all girls, y'all stay here. Ruth's like, no, I'll never leave you. And Orpah's like, I bet I'll holler at y'all later. And so, yeah, it's just Ruth and Naomi who head back to Bethlehem. Skipping in chapter two, when they get to Bethlehem, you know, it's a little rough. You know, you got the townspeople talking about them. Naomi, uh, you know, rather Ruth has to go to work. She starts gleaning in Boaz's field and Boaz is uh, their relative. He's a relative of Elimelech's. So she starts gleaning in his field and he shows her favor and kindness. And we talked about how like that favor and that kindness was once again, God, God showing her favor and kindness through Boaz. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the biggest parts that I want to point out in Ruth chap- Ruth chapters 1 and 2. Obviously, there's I'm leaving out a lot of detail, so most definitely go and read Run Into for yourself um, and meditate on that. And But while you're doing that, pause, and we're going to meditate on 3 and 4 today. And uh, once again, disclaimer. I know I'm skipping a lot of stuff out of chapters three and four. There's only so much time, you know, there's only so much that I can say about it. But there is a lot to to be thought about, a lot to meditate on for yourself, personal time. So always, always, always go and read the word for yourself. Spend that time, just you and God. But until then, we're going to read chapters three and four and then talk about it. it. It could be exciting. Or it could not be. We'll just have to wait and see. So, like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of unpack in chapters three and four. We really gonna be doing that surface level type stuff. We're gonna keep it kind of in the, the basics. Um, you probably might have even heard a lot of what I'm gonna say when we talk about it um, from like sermons or whatever. But it's all gonna be good because ain't nothing wrong with getting reminded twice. You know, amen. Okay, okay. So we're gonna start out reading in chapter three i'm reading out of my paper bible it is an niv and i will start and forgive any stutterings and stuff i've had a long day i'm trying to order my thoughts but it's all going to be good so one day like i said ruth chapter three one day ruth's mother-in-law naomi said to her my daughter i must find a home for you where you will be well provided for now boaz with whose women you have worked is a relative of ours Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. 
wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until after, until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman, a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a guardian redeemer of our family. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, do not be afraid. I will, I will do for all, I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to do his duty as your guardian redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, No one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into, the, into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi, when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her and added, He gave me six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled. Okay, yeah, that was chapter, that was all of chapter three. It was not very long. I was just struggling to read it, but it wasn't long. It was only 18 verses. So, like I said, this is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be kind of quick, you know, but we're going to hit the, the surface part that if you've never read the Book of Ruth before, then this will give you the major keys. And if you have read the Book of Ruth before, then this will give you the major keys that you need to remember um, and meditate on. And like I said, always, always, always do your own reading, your own studying, and nothing beats just you and the Lord. Okay. So, in chapter 3, there are a few things that I wanted to mention. And like I said, you probably heard these things before, but it doesn't hurt to hear it again. Number one, Naomi is trying to, we see at the beginning of, starting off in verse 1, Naomi is trying to take care of Ruth. And I love that throughout the whole book of Ruth, Naomi is trying to care for her like a mother would care for her daughter. And it starts off with Naomi, you know, trying to, set it up so that Naomi or Naomi sets it up so that Ruth can potentially have a shot at being redeemed getting married to uh the, their family's guardian redeemer um well one of the one of the guardian redeemers that they pointed out there was a couple of them Boaz Boaz was just one of the guardian redeemers um and so you have Naomi devising a whole plan and Ruth obeys I thought that was very key that Ruth you know it said and Ruth did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. It was that obedience, y'all. Like, obedience, obedience, obedience. 
obedience is so difficult. It's so difficult. It's so simple, but it's so difficult to do. Um, and it, and a lot of times it doesn't, it doesn't always make sense. You know, like, I don't know if I'm sure Ruth got the idea when she, when her, when Naomi was like, go put on, go walk, go, you know, go take a little bath, put some perfume on, some lotions, you know, come out smelling good, looking good, and then go lay at his feet. You know, I'm sure Ruth knew what her mother-in-law was thinking. You know, Ruth had to just, Ruth just trusted and obeyed. So that's the, that's the key. She trusted and obeyed that Naomi was not going to lead her astray, which is difficult, especially when you're in a transition season, when you're in a transition period, like what we were trying to talk about, when the season is shifting, when your season is changing, it's really about just trusting and obeying obeying and trusting and just listening to that voice um be, you know the voice of god <laughs> the voice of god not any other voice if it's not from the if it's not from god then it's it's not a voice you need to listen to but just trusting and listening and obeying um and and, and acting in that simple obedience but something else i wanted to point out is that a guardian redeemer if you all didn't know, I had to, in my Bible, it kind of tells you, like, what certain phrases mean. You know, you have the footnotes, and then you also have, like, the commentary. So, in the commentary and in the footnotes, it kind of expresses to you what a guardian redeemer is. But it says that a guardian redeemer is a legal term for a person who has the obligation to redeem a relative in serious difficulty. And the commentary kind of talked about how the act of redemption by the guardian is a selfless act of love and compassion, and it's not for personal gain. And we kind of see that a little bit in, we kind of get rather a better understanding of that in chapter four. But sticking just to the parts in chapter three, like number one, I said, Naomi, we see Naomi trying her best to take care of Ruth, and we see Ruth acting in obedience. Number two, we see how Boaz responds, and a point I like is that he responded in an honorable way. You know, he could have, he could have taken advantage of Ruth, or whatever. He could have act, he could have just done Ruth dirty, Naomi dirty. He could have taken it, he could have just done, you know, messed them over. But he acted in an honorable way, and he made it known that he knows that the women see Ruth as an honorable woman, and he had no intention of messing that up. So I really liked how Boaz's first priority was to make sure that Ruth is seen as honorable amongst the women in her community. And he went make sure that she was seen as a woman of noble character. And that's really important. Like you want, like when your season is shifting, you know how, like I said, we've been talking about when your season shifts, you change who you hang out with. That's that energy that you need. You need somebody who is going to be looking out for your best interest legitimately. Like, they care about how you are going about betraying yourself, you know? Because you cannot be effective. Like, even though you can be like, I'm, I'm a safe sinner, all this good stuff. You may know that for yourself, but if you portray yourself as someone who is one thing or another, then that affects your ministry. And so he was like, I don't want anything to affect the influence that you have um, I want people to look at you and still see an honorable, noble woman. And so I really liked how Boaz just responded to her in an honorable way. And I don't know if you peeped it, but in chat, I'll see in verse uh, 10, 
in 11, he was talking about how, you know, the kindness you showed me is greater than that which you showed earlier. You've not run after the young men, whether rich or poor. He was he was kind of excited that Ruth had chose him because like he like uh, we see that he is not the first choice for the guardian redeemer. So I thought that was kind of cute too, you know, a little love story angle, you know, it's a little mushy gushy, but it was cute. We caught, we peeped it, Boaz, we peeped it. But yeah, we see that Boaz does the right thing and lets the guardian redeemer who is first in line have the opportunity to fulfill his responsibilities as guardian redeemer. So like I said, he acts honorably not only towards Ruth, but also towards his, uh, his, the relative who is more closely related to them, who would be the first in line to be the guardian redeemer. So he's just, Boaz is the all around great guy, all around noble guy, all around like, that's that, that, that person that you want in your corner. Him and the two people we see that, you know, when you change, she, so some side note, side note, like I just said, we talk about how when your seasons change, you change who you associate with. Ruth went from associating with people in Moab and we know Moab represents, well, Moab was um, a sinful place. And so Moab represents the world to us today. Moab is all that we once did. Moab is all the sin and the chaos. So Moab was the world, um, the evil part, you know, the evil part of the world. And then Naomi and Boaz and Bethlehem represents God and the kingdom and the church. And so I just like that parallel that they went, she went from Moab to Boaz and Naomi to people who, uh, you know, were not going to hold her accountable. People who were going to get her to go out and do crazy stuff with them, you know, like just, just sinful stuff, worshiping idols and all this crazy stuff to acting honorably towards her acting honorable or honorable to his fellow family members to taking care of her all that good stuff so yeah you gotta watch who you around because in your seasonal shifts and your transitionary periods it's crunch time people people gonna leave you and when they leave you you gotta say goodbye don't be eh, eh, eh. there's some people who will come back and i've learned that in my own personal experience the people that god has assigned to your life they will come back. But the people that got the doors that close, not cracked, closed. Lead them doors closed. They are not meant, to, the people who are not meant to be in your life, do not invite them back. And so that's what I appreciate. Because if you invite them back, you're taking up space for the people that God does have for you. Because if Ruth, say for instance, this was modern day, and Ruth was still have her phone full of contacts from Boab, you know, the way she was living, her, her the, the raggedy side, you know, the ratchet side. If she was still in contact with those people, then she wouldn't have the time or the energy or the, 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 the SIM card space, the phone space for, and like I said, time or energy or any of that stuff for Naomi and Boaz. But that's just another random, random thought. I don't know if I told y'all, but I'm tired. So this might be a little rambly, but it's all good. It's all good. So, uh, yeah. Point one, Naomi takes care of Ruth and Ruth acts in simple obedience. Point two, Boaz is an all-around good guy. <laughs> Great guy, honorable guy. Point number three, from chapter three, Ruth has to wait a little longer, but she didn't leave empty-handed. Now, I don't know if y'all saw that. At the end of chapter three, in verse starting in verse uh, 15, Boaz 
gives Ruth some some barley, some food, basically, um, before she leaves the threshing floor and sends her home to her mother-in-law because this is all that's supposed to happen pretty much in the next 24 hours is what we were reading in chapter 4. But in the next 24 hours, they're gonna she's going to be either redeemed well, she's going to be redeemed by some random guy or she's going to get redeemed by Boaz. But some stuff is going to go down. But she still had to wait. So she still had to wait a little bit while, a little while. And so the part I liked about that, which gave me some encouragement, especially was, like I said, that even though Ruth had to wait a little bit longer, she still did not leave empty handed. And that right there just really showed the compassion and the grace of God to me. Um, yeah, I'm like, we start to see God moving and working through Boaz once again in his desire to provide for Ruth and Naomi. Uh, Boaz at every turn desired to provide um, and bless Ruth and Naomi. And that is most definitely a characteristic of God. His desire is to bless us and to, I feel like, just, you know, just how you would, we're supposed to be, we're children of God. So how do you treat your children? You know, obviously you spoil the, you know, don't you don't spoil your children in an unnecessary way but you do like to give them things and lavish things on them blessings give them peace give them wisdom etc etc and so even though Ruth had to wait in the situation God did not leave her standing there empty-handed he still blessed her with something to take home and I really like that part because that gave me some comfort um because I feel like I'm definitely in a holding pattern right now and God has caught me um I was to a sermon today. It was really good. But he was talking about, like, you know, you're talking about how you're lonely. You're alone. But he's like, you're not alone. You're separate. And so that's how I feel. I'm in this holding pattern where I'm separated right now. And it's not a bad thing. So it's that, that Ruth moment. Having to wait a little bit longer, but I'm not going to leave empty-handed. So I'm getting, I'm gaining things in this holding season, in this holding pattern. Um, so... Yeah, but back to Ruth, even though Ruth and Naomi are still having to, to wait to be redeemed and restored, God still provided and he didn't let them leave without blessing them and taking care of them. And that's the most important part. So chapter three, like I said, I got the, I hit the highlights, the highlight of the highlights, you know, just the three things that stuck out to me. Obviously anybody else could read this and they could get something completely different from those 18 verses in chapter three but that's what i got so you can agree with it you don't got to it's up to you but if not i saw we and we keeping it moving though so chapter four so i'm not gonna read all of chapter four because there are some parts in there that are not necessarily um necessary <laughs> to fully understand the chapter four so i'm going to read five, verses five through seventeen but quickly, I'm going to sum up verses 1 through 4 just because I don't feel like reading them. So I'll just talk about them. Um, verses 1 through 4, we see Boaz bringing everybody necessary to the redemption ceremony type stuff. Um, he gets the, uh, the, the, the guy who was first in line as the guardian redeemer. He brings him in there. He brings some, some elders in there, some witnesses. And he gets the, the procession started. So that's pretty much what happens. So in chapter four, verse, verse starting in verse five, says, Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you also acquire Ruth the Moabite, the dead man's widow, in order to ma maintain the name of, of the dead with his property. 
At this, the guardian redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. So I know I forgot to say the guardian redeemer, um, the guy first and I will call him Jeff. Jeff originally said that he could redeem Naomi and Ruth. But then Boaz was like, so when you redeem, when you buy the land, you'll also have to marry Ruth. And Jeff was like, oh, nah, nah, I can't, I can't do that. That's going to mess up with, that's going to mess up with, with, with what I got going on right now. And so, uh, Jeff was like, I can't, I, I'm going to let you do this one, bro. I'm going to let you handle this one. And so that's when Boaz stepped in, you know, and he was like, okay. Now, so it says, uh, so yeah, it says at this time, at this, the garden redeemer said, then I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Now, in earlier times in Egypt, or Egypt, in Israel, uh, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was their method of legal legalizing transactions in Israel. So the guardian redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are all, you are witnesses that I bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech Killian in Malian, Malian. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malian's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name may not, will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are all witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make this, make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah who together built up the family of Israel, may, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if it sounds kind of muffled. I just realized I was talking dead straight away from the microphone. So starting back in verse 11, and then the elders said, and then the, then the elders and all the people at the gate said, we are all witnesses. May the Lord make the woman, the woman who was coming into your home, like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have standing in, in Ephrathah, and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. Then the woman, then the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and his for your daughter-in-law who loves you and it was better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said Naomi has a son and they named him Obed and he was the father of Jesse, the father of David. And then the next five verses it gives you the genealogy of David. So we're going to skip that. That's for another day. But, so, once again, the main points. We see in verse 6, going back to chapter 4, verse 6, when the guardian redeemer is like, uh, when, Jeff, when Jeff says, I can't do it, Boaz, you're going to have to do this one. We see um that being we were reminded like i said once again that being a garden redeemer was a selfless role that was not like being a garden redeemer was not like it was like a really it was like a noble thing to do 
you know it was like being like the firstborn son but without all the wealth <laughs> it's like you know how like in those times if you do the firstborn son you pretty much got like everything it was like that but you don't get everything it's like if everyone dies then you get everything but you don't get everything so some stuff has to go down but yeah so we see that being a, can, a guardian redeemer was a selfless role and we see that Boaz redeemed Ruth and Naomi's family despite the fact that doing so he could have endangered his own estate and inheritance for his household. So I don't know if Ni I don't know if Boaz had any children. I don't remember reading about it in the Bible. I don't know if scholars have dug in and found that he had some kids. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily pertinent to the story, but we know that he did have servants. Um he had people working for him. So there was an inheritance in his household there's people who his estate could have been harmed just like Jeff's estate could have been harmed if he had married Ruth obviously Boaz's estate probably wasn't in this case but there was a chance that it could have been and so that part though that part was the part where um it was pretty neat that Boaz was acting so selfless um and by and through you know obviously God was working through Boaz so, verse 14, which I want to read again because it was important. It says, the women, the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. Now, doesn't that sound like familiar? <laughs> like, who redeemed us from our difficulty and turmoil? Who was born into the line of David with an extraordinary destiny? Who renews us and sustains us even into our old age? I'm going to give you a hint. It's Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's Jesus. Jesus redeems us and renews us and covers us and saves us from difficulty and turmoil. Jesus was born into the line of David. And he was given an extraordinary destiny to save us. That was his destiny. You know, to die on the cross for us. It was Jesus. So the whole book of Ruth, I feel like, comes down to that. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. That's the whole point of Ruth. The whole point of Ruth is Jesus. And I love it. It's the book of Ruth is a love story. Um it's a it's a book I love the book of Ruth because it's a book of it's a story of redemption it's, a, it's an overcomer story all the different things that Ruth had to overcome Naomi had to overcome you know and it's a love story all of which point to our guardian redeemer Jesus who died for our sins who died for the forgiveness of our sins so he died for our sins and he died for the forgiveness of our sins so that we may be reunited with God for forever and ever amen so <sighs> yeah i apologize in advance once again if this episode was a felt a little rushed or maybe a little rambled um forgive me and be gracious to me because it's a little late when I'm doing this. I'm a little tired. But I wanted to get this out to you guys on time. Um, because I told myself, I told you guys that I was going to get this out every other Tuesday. And so I wanted to get this ready for you to listen to come Tuesday morning. 
Um, so even though it was a little raggedy, you know, you can still there's still some beauty in here. There's still some 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 gold in the in the dirt that you can you can kind of push away and find the little hidden gems in here. Because the fact that at the, the even if you didn't even if you couldn't follow anything I said, you heard Jesus. You heard Jesus saves. You heard Jesus redeems. You heard Jesus is the reason that you're able to overcome. You heard that when season, you heard the main point at the beginning before I started rambling that when your seasons change, you got to change. Don't be surprised that when you're in this transition period that things start looking different. You got to adapt quick. You got to be quick on your feet. And that's in and, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus died so that we could have the Holy Spirit while we're still on earth. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to walk in obedience, to walk in trust and walk in faith and and it's just, uh, it's, that's the, if you didn't get anything from this, if you couldn't follow me, that's okay. I couldn't follow myself sometimes and I had notes. <laughs> I had the notes and I was still lost. But the point is, it's all because of Jesus. It all comes down to Jesus. It started with Jesus. It ends with Jesus. That's the point. The point is life's going to hit you some stuff's. You know, this too shall pass. That the, the This too that shall pass is the good and the bad. Things change. It was good for Ruth and Ruth and Naomi and uh, Orpah when they were living. Well, maybe not Naomi's husband already died. But it was good for Ruth when she was married to her husband. But then season stuff happened. He died, you know. So things change. Doors close. But you got to be trusting and obedient unto the Lord. And watch him bless you. Watch him take you from, you know, tears to joy. Um, and I can definitely say, just a little little moment at the end, a little praise report for myself. I recently had finals because I'm a senior in college. Unfortunately, I'm not graduating this semester. I graduated in May 2021. Last semester is the spring next semester, so I'm almost done. But anyway, I had finals in these classes this semester on some different stuff. I don't know what these teachers were on. I had a couple good teachers, but some of these teachers were... Mm. But God is good and God is gracious because I was just praying that I pass. I was like, God, I ain't got to be pretty. Tell me pass. And, and the Lord done made it look pretty for your girl. He giving your girl A's and B's. Praise God. Amen. I was like, I just want, I just want to pass, and he didn't gone above and beyond what I could have ever asked for. So, but you know, at the beginning, of the, I just you had to just trust and obey. I was like, God, you got me this far. I know you're not gonna leave me now. I'm like, it, it may look like it, but I know you at least gonna get. I'm like, it may not be pretty, it may be dirty, but you gonna get me through this semester. And so, and he has most definitely done that. So. Once again, so we're getting back on topic to after being off topic and then being off topic the entire time. So, like I said, ramblings are coming to a close. The closing remarks about baby, it's cold outside, the book of Ruth, all that stuff. All I have to say is thank you for listening to me ramble about the book of Ruth. Um, I hope you love it as much as I do. I hope you love it more than I do. Hope you read it and enjoy it and dive into it and do vast studies on it and listen to sermons on it 
I hope it inspires you to create your own Bible study on the book of Ruth and share that with people, share that devotional with people, all that good stuff. And not just Ruth, but also the whole idea of seasonal shifts, see, you know, transition seasons, how it's so difficult. It's, you know, it's important to be able to know how to function in a seasonal transition. Because, you know, you have one season, you have the next season, and you know how to function in those seasons, but it's that transition period. It's when it's cold one day and hot the next day. That's when you need that guidance and that discernment and that discipline and the ability to recognize that this is most definitely a transition season. You've got to roll with the punches. You've got to just trust and obey. You know, you got to trust that the weatherman said it's going to rain today, so you need to bring you your umbrella. But the weatherman said it's going to be hot later on today, so you need to dress in layers so you can take stuff off. You got to be able to just adapt and transition. You got to be able, you just got to be you just got to have your ear to the ground to listen to God's prompting. Listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and just yeah, need that quiet. And I'm speaking to myself, y'all, all the time. I am most definitely always speaking to myself. I need to keep my ear to the ground. I need to focus. I need to you know, not be be swayed by the world around me, not be swayed by my own, you know, fears, desires, whatever, and just focus on my purpose and focus on what's in front of me today. So, anyway, I'm done rambling. I'm going to say a prayer, and we're going to be out of this thing. So, the Heavenly Father God, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for the reading of your word. I pray, Lord, that even if no one heard what anything I said and no one listens to this episode, I know, Lord God, that you know my heart and you heard and you know the hearts of those who I believe will listen to this episode. I thank you, Lord, for this time and for the ability to talk to you and talk to people um, through a podcast. I pray all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Now, real quick before I bow out gracefully, I invite you to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Join the South of Gaza community group on Facebook where I post scriptures every morning to start your day off right with a little bit of the word. And follow me on Instagram at R-A-E-E dot M-I-C-H-E-L-E, Ray Michelle. Um, I post on there. I share stuff. All that good stuff. Just connect with me, you know. And until next time, keep it real. Keep it simple. And drink your water.